grew up in a, a, a you know house uh, family where people ran their own businesses and everyone I knew ran their own businesses really there was a few people around who became accountants or lawyers but most people started their own businesses and I probably didn't realize it um, how kind of deeply ingrained uh, that was selling buying starting your own business uh, I didn't probably realize until later in my life kind of how deeply ingrained those ideas were and what seemed very natural to me to start a company welcome to our podcast series talk straight think smart with howard kennedy my name's adam walford i'm a partner at the firm and your host for this series my guest today is spencer craig the founder of pure a healthy food to go chain Yes, we know what you're thinking, another podcast by a law firm. But this podcast isn't about us, it's about the people we're interviewing. Today, I speak to a passionate and inspiring entrepreneur. He also happens to be a childhood friend of mine, so this was an extra special episode for me. Spencer grew up surrounded by people who started their own business, so it was no surprise when he spotted a trend for healthier eating in the US, which inspired him to start up Pure here in the UK. In this podcast, we discuss how the food scene has changed over the years and we get an insight into what moves him to tears, from his pride in his people to appearing on primetime national radio. Hello, Spencer. Hello, Adam. Thanks for taking part in our podcast. I've known you for years, uh, since we actually we were small children, so I know you pretty well. But can you quickly introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure. Uh, so my name is Spencer Craig. Um, I am founder and um, chief executive of Pure, and we are a chain of uh, food-to-go shops uh, in London and major travel locations. Great. Thank you. So um, we're here today to hear about your journey with Pure. But before we get into that, I want to go back to the beginning. So tell tell me a bit about you. What what were you like growing up? <laughs> Should I ask you. <laughs> uh, what was I like growing up? I grew up in a, a you know house a family where people ran their own businesses, and everyone I knew ran their own businesses. Really, there was a few people around who became accountants or lawyers, but most people started their own businesses, and I probably didn't realise it um how kind of deeply ingrained uh that was selling buying starting your own business uh i didn't probably realize until later in my life kind of how deeply ingrained those ideas were and what seemed very natural to me to start a company um uh versus say other people who just didn't grow up necessarily around those influences yeah but you you initially i think were determined not to follow in in those steps and you you spent some time at fresh minds tell, tell me a bit about that and what you learned in that role. yeah yeah that's oh, wow that is uh i don't feel so fresh these days but still have great fond memories of that but um i guess um i guess i'm probably more of a risk taker than i um i kind of maybe used to think of myself as but after university rather than going into banking or 
um, becoming a lawyer, a great you know property lawyer. Had to leave that to someone else, you see. But um, uh, rather than going to finance, I, I went to a startup. And these days, I guess that's the thing you do. But 20 years ago, um, it was a bit of an adventure. And I spent three years there just growing a business where no one cares who you are when you call them fresh what, fresh who, you know, and you're just yeah. trying to sell. And so, yeah, that was an amazing adventure just to be involved, not necessarily the sector itself. Uh, it was uh, a kind of recruitment and, and research. It was it was fun, people business, but more about just the, the tenacity and the um, resilience that you have to put into growing a business. So great lessons for me and gave mm. me kind of the impetus to go and start my own thing. Yeah. And so so you learn about that resilience and, and that you had this greater appetite for, for risk and, and so on. And you, I guess we could say you couldn't, based on what you said about family environment, you couldn't resist the pull of the entrepreneurial sort of business. T tell us how the idea for Pure uh, came about. Um, well, it came about originally because of, you know, another old friend of ours, Greg, right? Yeah. Um, it came about really, um, there was probably, there's kind of two influences really. One was I used to go to prep every day for lunch when I was working and thought it was just a brilliant business, just absolutely loved it. And then in talking to Greg, who was New York based at the time, um, I was like, look, what's, what's big? What's, what's happening in America? What are the trends? What are the things, you know, I'm looking at food and, um, you know, what, and, and it was, yeah, it was healthy, healthy, healthier eating smoothies, salads, um, that were just, you know, massive in New York, um, and really hadn't come here yet. We were still, and still are, right. A lot of, uh, ham and cheese croissants. Yep. Um, whereas, um, New York, New York was ahead of us on that. So, um, yeah, that was the, the kind of inspiration. And, and so you, you have this idea, you, you hear about it, you, you then, how'd you go about getting started? Um, I mean, God, this is a long time now. How did I go about getting started? Um, we had some money. I sold my flat, sold my first flat, um, went to some friends and family and put together some money and rocked up like, I mean, I must have looked like a real idiot to the property guys, just not knowing what I was talking about, what I was doing, branding, menu development. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, so we... we um, uh, we had the idea, we put together some money and um, I went out to find a shop and just started walking, literally walking the streets, counting people uh, as they were going outside, like what areas. It wasn't very sophisticated to be honest, Adam. I mean, it's, uh, there wasn't much, it, was, it wasn't much data analysis. It was a lot of instinct at the time, but um, we ended up with a, a brilliant shop on Beak Street in Soho, which is still a fantastic location, fantastic shop for us, and uh, was the start of the journey. And and so then that, that's the start of the journey. You, you, you start to grow. Uh, how, how have things changed since the start? Mm. I think um, the whole London and I'll take London because that's the bit that I really know the most. Food scene has just hugely changed over that time. Um, uh, obviously, people's palates have changed. People's desire to where they spend their money has, has changed, and therefore that attracted a you know a lot of new investment um, in, into the sector. Anytime there's a 
kind of growth area. So the, the competitive landscape has, has changed hugely. And, and um, probably the biggest thing in our sector is just a lot more kind of specialists. So whereas the prep model and our model is quite generalist, no one, not a specific cuisine. Yes, we do coffee and breakfast and stuff. Um, so um, yeah, so the, probably the, the, the biggest the biggest change is the number of specialists. So you've got Mexican or Japanese or bao buns or uh, you know um, uh, in the sector. So that's probably the biggest thing that's changed. It's hugely competitive, yeah. uh, but like most things, competition being strong makes you better, and that's what we've had to focus on. Yeah. Um, so so I completely agree about the competitive um, landscape. I've seen that with lots of clients uh, making bespoke lunch offerings to, to take advantage of that. T- tell me what's special about Pure. Well, I think um, the, the honest answer on that is you know, we, we've, we've, we've struggled to find our, um, at times, struggled to find our kind of uh, real, um, like what differentiates us because we're not one cuisine and we have tried different things over the time. And I think there's, there's probably like three things where where we really do exceptionally well. One is is on the healthy side. Now, healthy means lots of things to different people. Um, for us, it's not particularly low calorie, but it's about not using sugar in salad dressings. It's about using kind of free range or seasonal ingredients so that um, they're, and they're sustainably um, sourced. Um, and there's a, a lot of vegetarian and vegan options on our menu but not necessarily signposting them as that so just allowing people to easily get kind of healthier food when they're Mm -hmm. on the move um now i think that we so that that's a big thing kind of a big thing for us um it's the healthy side um one is uh the second bit is about putting some pleasure back into that experience so um, things like, as you probably know from the shops, we have free water in the stores. Uh, we're the first company to do free plant-based milks along the way to give a big discount for reusable cup usage. Mm-hmm. So not uh, healthy can be sometimes expensive. And um, we really worked very hard to make sure that you don't come in and, and have a, a very expensive experience every time. It is more expensive to eat healthily. That is the reality. Um, but um, that is where we found um, a kind of uh, a good position for ourselves. And then the, the, the third bit is, is to focus on the areas where we do have a competitive advantage, which is breakfast and coffee, and then also our catering for meetings um, business. So um, that, that the, the breakfast and coffee on the move is pretty hard to get healthy breakfast. Um, and that's one of our big kind of driving uh, differentiators. So whether it's hot or cold, um, from our super eggs and porridge through to the bircher, which is my personal kind of favourite every day. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the rolled omelette. Yeah, the rolled omelette. Yeah, I there love, you go. I right? love, I love the, uh, the slow roasted tomatoes in them. Yeah, the rolled omelette is a very clever, um, very clever product. So, um, yeah, so by, by saying, look, we're going to really, when you are on the move at breakfast, we want to be the place that you go. We, we're not going to compete with, um, you know, Japanese deliveries or pizzas in the evening or something like that. But when you're out of your home, um, that is uh, where we're really focusing. And alongside meetings, um, uh, food for meetings, which is that we felt for too long, people are sacrificing what they're eating in meetings. It's very different to what they would have themselves, which is, you know, in your own time, you would choose a, a vegetarian options or you choose a salad or, or something. And then you go into a meeting and you've got, you know, ham and cheese triangles. Um, I don't think it's very representative of, of, of brands when brands talk about 
well-being and health of their teams to put that kind of food on the table mm -hmm. and i don't think it's very fair on the people in the meetings to expect them to eat stuff that they wouldn't normally eat themselves so um as we've got just more confident in the the, the healthiness of what we're doing um but we're more confident to talk about about that so um kind of health and pleasure and then finding the things where we can really dominate and those things are for us breakfast and coffee and and the lunch uh, uh, catering and meetings and I completely see that when you go into the store all, all of those things are evident obviously not the meeting bit but uh, we've had <laughs> yeah. we've had your food in our meetings and I can validate it's great and what, what's been your proudest moment with Pure? Oh wow it's um, a good question I probably had one of my proudest moments just before um, you know this thing COVID you heard about COVID? Well, we're coming on to that in a moment. Yeah, you heard about COVID. <laughs> we we have a quarterly um, uh, uh, reward, uh, reward and recognition uh, award ceremony. And it's called the Pure Quarterly. Everything's called Pure. Pure. We've got Pure Profit, Purely Social, Pure Quarterly, like all of the uh, things. So we had a Pure Quarterly. Um, it was at the Rosewood Hotel in Holborn. So by far the most sort of fancy thing that we had done as a business. 100 people managers assistant managers all the head office team it was absolutely brilliant to see our team together in one place our senior or the, all the senior people in the company in one place and to reward people people been with us for 10 years that we got to um give a sabbatical of a month to or to uh, one of them got to go home and uh, spend a month back in their home country uh, on a sabbatical paid for by us uh, we got to tell stories of um of people going from team member to operations managers just 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 the people it's always the people and that was really when i look back at that and we had to talk about it quite a lot internally um what a kind of high point that was and we were at that point about two weeks away from opening our site in gatwick yeah. um so yeah that was a really proud moment um and uh, yeah I, I i cry sometimes and that was quite an emotional night for me when just to see everyone and how far we'd come and uh, yeah. so that, that, that's a that's a real highlight. Yeah, great. I can imagine that must be great to see the impact on people's lives who have really played a, a really big part of your success. So that's yeah. great. So I said before um, we, we would come on to it. Um, so you've had your amazing event at the Rosewood and then came 2020. Yeah. When? Well, yeah, the, actually the event was like Feb, I'll have to look at my diary, but I think it might have been Feb 20th, 2020. Right. I mean, so, literally as it was coming over the, 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 the coming over, coming from the East. Yeah, so, so <laughs> tell me when, when, when did COVID first um, and the impact it would have first sort of register on your radar and what was your initial response? I mean, our response was completely woefully inadequate and our forecasts were completely wrong. I mean, looking back now, it's it's um, obviously, I don't, uh, no one could have predicted what was going to happen mm. um, and for this length of time. So I think we first heard about it end of Jan, probably. We were starting to see what was going on. And um, again, looking back now, it seems so naive when you're looking at Italy sort of people being stretched out of you know into emergency hospitals mm. and you're like oh it's not going to come it's not it'll be fine here or something you know it's, it's, it's sort of quite embarrassing looking back at how naive we were so yeah probably sort of end of jan 
um, we started talking about it and then yeah middle of Feb and then we were building Gatwick at the time so there was that kind of we were recruiting a big team of people to work there so there was lots and lots of toing and throwing um, in the company should we go should we should we keep growing the team should we carry on with the build and we we did I mean we just we did which again with the information we had at the time was about all we could do mm, absolutely and and we've been looking at agility as uh, we've, we've published some information about that how how agile would you say pure was and and how important is being agile to you um that being of course being agile is um when you're growing a, a business is is hugely important we were just about at a point where um you know we were we were 20 we were meant to be 24 shops last year 35 million of sales we were just putting in the the management structure leadership team reporting so we were actually at a point where um we were building the business to go to be a fully kind of medium-sized business to go from 35 to 50 60 million so we we kind of were a bit couldn't be as agile at that because we were a bigger team and we were built for that built for that next stage of the journey mm. um so um and then the the issue for us is we have physical shops which we can't pick up and move somewhere else yeah and like we just talked about a minute ago the you know it's in-store experience is a key part of our success so um it's sort of difficult to be agile um in that in that sense agile of mind to say well look we need to close we need to protect the team you know not be that, that that stuff we, we did that well i think we protected the team well and and stayed closed for quite a long time on that first lockdown because no one knew what was going on so yes ag agility is important but we were just uh we were at a moment in our growth where we'd we were geared well we were geared up for big growth yeah and so it was more tricky absolutely you you weather the the covid storm um as as we we can all imagine um and, and then in the middle of all of this you you um have a sort of celebrity following moment and make an appearance on the radio can can you tell us how that came about yeah, usually i don't appear on these things adam i mean i only appear on national uh national yeah. broadcasts uh <laughs> But for those for those that didn't have the pleasure, do you want to just tell us tell us about how how it came about that you were on the Chris Evans Breakfast Show? Sure, I love this. I mean, this is uh, it came about because I listened to the show. Um, I had become I, I always listened to it, and when we had our first shop um, in Soho, Virgin Radio was next door in Golden Square, and I knew some of the DJs and stuff like that. So I've always had an affinity with the show, and. As I got a bit older, I started listening to Radio 4 in the morning, uh, but I got COVIDed out. I've had enough. <laughs> it was too miserable every day listening to that rubbish. Um, nothing wrong with Radio 4, no BBC bias here. Um, but, um, and then I tuned back into Chris Evans and I found uh, a kind of person who was just had a great energy and soul and spirit and talked about things that I was interested in, health and nutrition and well-being. Uh, he hasn't got me running yet, but um, <laughs> but talked about a lot of things, family, spending time together, what really matters. He had brilliant guests on, right? Uh, I know that you you also listen. Yep. So um, he really inspired me. And I knew that they were based right next to our 
shop. We've got two shops in London Bridge, um, which, as you know, and and they're they're in the News Tower, which is right opposite us. And I often heard him speaking about healthy eating. I'm like, I wonder if he comes in, or should I send him some food? And I didn't want to be. I wrote I didn't I wrote him an email. I didn't send it, and I was like, oh, I don't. I, I just, uh, it's not my style to be all out. Like, I just, if he came in, he came in, he doesn't, whatever. Anyway, one day I'm listening to the show and he starts talking about the shop and he starts talking about Pure, completely unsolicited by me. He starts talking about the some of the names we use on the products. It was an amazing moment, as you can probably imagine, after such a long uh, 13, 14 months. And that prompted me to get in touch with him and say thank you so much and you've been an inspiration over the last year and can i send some food into the show which i did and i delivered it myself and then he said come up and see me and i went up to the top of the tower and he said i'm going to interview you on the show and i was like okay i think luckily i would never have been able to do it by the way if i knew no who was coming I'm too nervous. I would have been too anxious about it. Um, anyway, so I went on the show and then it was just one of those moments. He was just really lovely and gentle and warm and just really, um, yeah, shared our story a bit. And um, yeah, it was lovely. So uh, yeah, great. Just a, a, a great moment out of a, a lot of darkness. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's. I think we had a chat afterwards and we said, you know, it's the kind of money can't buy and media training could not have prepared you for a moment. It was just, uh, it was amazing. Yeah. And I, I yeah. chanced upon it, which was even more uh, yeah. surprising. Yeah. So, what t- t- what what's come out of that? Any any sort of upshots from it? Um, well, he's been a he's a, a a fan and really enthusiastic and really um, it's quite a lot of um, we, we you know been on the vegetarian vegan journey quite a lot, but the next menu we're bringing out in September is even more that partly from some of the kind of talking to him and some of the ideas that he has and maybe we'll do something more formal together in the future but yep. for now um i'm, I'm quite con- i don't want to i'm quite conscious of not overstepping and, and stuff sure. but yeah, he's a he's a uh, he's a very lovely a really great great man and i'm yeah. Yeah, yeah very proud of what happened so so um what what do you see um happening over the next six to twelve months well, it's five o'clock on a Monday today, and if you ask me on five o'clock tomorrow, I might have a different answer. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it's pretty. Um, I think that um, we have a we think we talk about internally quite a lot is about control what you can control, and um, uh, we just need to be as good as we can be. We need when you come into the shop, it needs to be better than you remember, better tasting, better service, cleaner fresher more exciting better value for money that's that's what we know we're going to do over the next six to 12 months like that is the absolute key to us um and if we can do that i do believe that we give ourselves a really brilliant fighting chance of coming back out of this thing stronger what do you think well that chimes with with a lot of what what i hear from other clients chimes with what what we think within our business and and trying to plan as well you've just got to concentrate on what you're good at and what you know you can control and um and have faith that we'll come through it and and you will be stronger on the other side so we talked before about agility if you have you had to try and rework agility in to 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 respond to that 
we've got a few things i mean we've been we've got a few things like which are uh, called new sales channels mm-hmm. that we're looking at um um and whether that be um kind of partnerships or selling our products in different places and there's some really exciting stuff um mm. but none of it, it our, our our business is a physical retail estate yeah and um none of it, it there is lots of exciting things and i think that one of the things that has come out of this and talking to other people is that people really love the brand what we stand for um, I was reading today, um, there was something about people to put on half a stone and during, on average, during the pandemic, like, um, okay, we're not all about calories and I don't want to, we're not a health food shop, but the, the impact, and it's obviously been a huge part of the, the, the unfortunate, the, the, the kind of death rate in, in COVID has been related to obesity and, and general health. And so to, I, I really think we have a, play, a part to play over the next um, kind of 10, 10 years and beyond in when people are out of their homes. Um, but people actually, there was a quote from, I'm, gonna, I'm going over the place here, Adam, but there's a quote from the, someone at Greg's uh, where uh, the, 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 the CEO of Greg's where he said, we are, we are there for people when they leave home for a different reason. Mm. So I think it's a really, and that's all, we have a service. So when you're out on the move, you just, you could eat exactly the same way that you want to when you're in complete control of it. So uh, yeah, I think we've got a big, so there's other sales channels for us for sure. And we're looking at that stuff, but ultimately we're a physical retailer and uh, that's where we're, we're, we're going to be at our best. So Spencer, to end every podcast, we like to do a quick fire round. Don't overthink it. Just say what feels right. Okay. What is your favourite item on the pure menu? Ha! That's a good one. Blueberry Bircher. And that we know is real because you said it earlier as well. Yeah. Would you rather grow your business, sell your business or start again? I mean, I'm definitely not starting again. I can, that can cost that uh, one off. I'd love to grow it. I'd love to grow it again. I, I, did, I started this to grow. So. And I think I know the answer to this one based on earlier comments, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What would you invest more in right now? People or tech? Uh, it's people. Yeah, every time. Every time. When it comes to decision making, are you perfection every time or launch and learn? Huh. Um, I, can I answer this? In a, I used to be launch and learn. But I'm now perfection. As in, as we got bigger, we just it, it, the, the, the we can't do it that way anymore. So it has to be planned really thoroughly um, to do it. So I'm more personally sorry. This is a long answer. I'm more launch and learn personally, but the operations uh, team will make sure that we're <laughs> perfect. Whichever the first one was. Yeah, yeah. Perfection <laughs> every time. Sorry, yeah, long answer. No, 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 no like that's, a, that's not, good. Not exactly, not exactly a quick fire. That's okay. And finally, are Zoom meetings and events here to stay or are they going to be a distant memory? Um, I, uh, how do I, I mean, they won't replace everything. Um, they won't replace everything. And, and once once you're in a room with people, and you spark ideas off each other and conversations flow naturally. You remember how brilliant that is. Mm. Um, but it does allow 
actually more contact. I think that in the it does allow more contact. Whereas, you know, we might set up a meeting before we have a phone call. So this is a long answer again. Ad, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I can imagine us having more calls like this, like as in face to uh, Teams calls in the future, rather than just phone calls. So yeah. if it's part of a human, lots of you know, mainly meetings, but then when you need to have a conversation, you might have a Teams meeting rather than a phone call. That could be really, that could be really good. Um, and I think it has a brilliant part to play for people that obviously uh, people with families can't be in the office all the time, all that stuff like that. But the, yeah. the the energy of being around people for me is irreplaceable. I agree. Great. Well, all that leaves me to do is to say thank you for joining us today. It's been fantastic to hear your story. Thanks, Ad. And you're a part of it too, right? Make sure you get that in there. <laughs> That's very kind of you. You've a opened, small part, opened, but a very uh, proud part for me. Yeah, a, a big part. So thank you for everyone. Thank you for what you've done and your team. It's been great working with you. I'm pleased that we uh, we're all still here. Well, we're we're really delighted and proud proud to be helping you. So there you have it: healthy food, a great experience, and a founder who wears his heart on his sleeve. This podcast was recorded at the end of July 2021. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your content to find out which inspirational entrepreneur we're speaking to next. Mm-hmm.